I found myself one day driving across a long bridge, as modern humans tend to do sometimes. You might have found yourself in a similar situation. And it got to the point of no return. I am now on the bridge. My wife is in the car, and there is an accident. So you are now stuck in this situation, right? You can't just take an exit. You can't do a U-turn. You are stuck. And this is like a three-lane bridge. You're stuck. And got nothing but time to pass because you just got to wait for it when everyone starts to go. And I was thinking uh, back to that movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's The Day After Tomorrow when... And there's like classic... And it's usually the Golden Gate Bridge where just like you gotta go back. You can't continue to go forward. It, like in Day After Tomorrow, what, like the ozone? There was a hole in the ozone, like burnt this dude's arm, and then like everything just gets chaotic. People are screwed. But when you're on the bridge and you can't go forward and you have to back up, think about how chaotic that would be. So this is what's playing on, what's playing in my mind of like a scenario where if blank were to go down and like everyone has to hit it in reverse to get off the bridge, that would be seemingly impossible. And I was thinking, why? The, for it to be like perfectly smooth and as efficient as possible, everyone just hits it in reverse at the exact same time, accelerates at the exact same speed, and everyone's like staying in their lane. That is not how this works, right? Because we are all separate consciousness. That's why I have to put on a blinker because when I'm going to change lanes, I can't just, I'm not communicating to myself that I'm doing it and like have the other car slow down. I have to communicate to them. Like they have to see that, acknowledge it and then react. And hopefully they'll give me space. If you have, let's say there were, I don't even know, 300 cars stuck in this traffic. That's all 300 separate minds behind the wheel. That would be chaotic. Probably impossible. Why? You would have... Think about how much like practice. Like I think of football. I just watched the Eagles win. Jalen Hurts. I don't know what is going on, man. Um, but think about football. There is You have to practice so much to be able to run a play effectively. There's so much going on at once. And that takes repetition, 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 practice, studying the film. To perform 300 cars backing up simultaneously to get off the bridge would be crazy. You would need so much planning and practice. Like you would have to get everyone that's driving, like this is what we're going to do. When we say go, you got to hit this speed. And then you know you're going to have jerks. Like if this was a real situation where we all want to get out off the bridge, you know it's people are going to be like every man for himself. If I see a space, like I'm going to take it and like cut someone off. That's kind of, I wonder about this and, and this will all make sense. But like traffic, if we all just drove the same speed, like, and I get that's not the case and this is America. So if I want to drive fast, I can drive fast. Legally, I have to drive to the speed limit, but we can all drive different speeds. But would there be traffic if we said, okay, we're going to, it's like the social contract. We're going to allow for X amount of space in between each car. So if you need to merge, you're going to do that. And like everyone drove with a like singular consciousness in mind that like, it's not, I need to get somewhere. It's like, we need to make traffic as efficient as possible. And like everyone behaved like that. Would there be traffic? I don't know. Would there be accidents? I don't know. Well, obviously there's like error of the vehicle like people falling asleep but the point being folks is we don't share consciousness the cars backing up situation if it was 300 cars controlled by one mind it would be it's like cells in your body kind of but it would be like okay back up and everyone backs up and like the one mind is controlling everything but that is not the case so these all separate singular individual minds need to communicate seem so like okay three two one go even the word go we all have to understand what that means if we're speaking different languages that's chaotic
we are communicating and like so what we're going to do in this episode is dive into what is language what is communication there i i started to do research there are f- like intense fields on this it's linguistics essentially but just diving into mandarin and like russian and i was like looking at different sounds in south africa like the clicking noises and like then that just sent me down this huge rabbit hole language is stupidly complex but we are in the culture unit and so part of the culture unit and part of culture is language so without further ado let's do it Yeah, I mean, the more you think about it, like the complexity of all these cars on the bridge, we need to hit it in reverse and everyone needs to get off the bridge as quickly as possible. Complete chaos. (laughs) And this is what I was thinking as I'm stuck on the bridge. This is the scenario that goes into my head. Like, well, we'd have to have sure singular consciousness, blah, 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 blah. That's what goes on in my brain. Let's go back to that entirely unethical situation that I proposed early in this series. Again, welcome to the World Studies pod class. We are in the first unit. We are wrapping up. Uh, Next week's going to be on sports, and I'm not sure if I want to do any more on culture. I feel like I'm ready to move on. Um, Hopefully, you've enjoyed these discussions, and we're looking at what is culture? And like the things that we can think once we start to think about like what is culture, it should just send you down some avenues of thought. And that's kind of what the point of this unit is. Language. So the unethical situation that I proposed before is what if we took two newborns, placed them in a room, they do not know that the outside world exists. So like they are raised from birth in this room just those two if you want to say like five and like obviously we take care of them we feed them and we see what happens and my argument in one of the first few episodes of the unit culture was that they will develop their own culture naturally that like culture is part of being human it is a natural occurrence it's what humans do we create culture such as there will be norms of behavior I asked before, will they develop their own language, which we're going to dive into in a little bit. Uh, Possibly religion, like the hand that offers them the plate of the food. Like what do they think about that? You know, like diving into what would happen now. It's so it's unethical um, and we can't do it. So we can just think hypothetically. But the question in the unethical situation is, do you think that they would create their own language? I would say, yeah, like almost obviously, yes, right? Like you humans communicate and we're going to look deeper into like what distinguishes human communication from other animals. But I guess the first question then is like, what is communication? So language is a way to communicate and there's different types of language. Um, Language is a structured system of communication used by humans. Um, You have spoken, written, or body, like sign language or even just body language. Um, But what's communication? And communication is, and I say this to my design thinking students, it's it's two ways. One is I take a thought that's in my brain and I put it into your brain or I need to get something out of your brain into my brain and like in design thinking we focus on like what is 
good communication. So obviously you take England English class, they're focusing on your ability to express and articulate thoughts and to do it like effectively. And then if you want to do it academically, that's a like fancy smancy. But like good communication is effectively well, yeah, effectively taking what's in my brain and putting it into your brain, but then like you can add some pizzazz to it and you got people who are like good public speakers. You can be very efficient in your communication, right? Like use the least amount of words as possible, but like you got to add some pizzazz in there. Say your own stuff. That's that's really communication. It's done via language. And let's just I do this with my students. Let's just take a moment and think about this. I am currently shooting air out of my mouth. I am vibrating. I, I don't think about it, but I just do it. There's a part of me that's vibrating and I'm moving my, what are all the parts? I'm moving my tongue, my lips, and my jaw around and I'm making a bunch of noises and you know exactly what I'm saying. I'm making, I am making a bunch of sounds right now and you are just listening to me and you know what I'm saying. We are commun- <laughs> right? Like we're communicating. It's weird when you do think about that, like that's pretty bizarre. I'm making just, I could be going like, I do cocky quacking and I do a, you're like, okay. But I'm, then I say, I'm going to the mall later. And you're like, nice. What are you going to get? <laughs> right? Like we do it every day. That is spoken language. You have written language, which when you think about that, I could take a pencil and just like write some lines around. Okay, this looks like abstract art or it looks like a five-year-old did it. Or then I could start to like move the lines around and write dog. D-O-G, dog. And you now are thinking of a dog. Or I could use my body language and I do this with my students and you, this is difficult because you can't see me, but just envision. I take my hand, I do like a, almost like a swirl. So like I point to like everyone, like what I communicate is everyone get up and go out the door, but I just do it with my hands. And so I, I'm so like, what am I saying here? I do that body language and they're like, get up and leave. Like, yes. So we are communicating. I am, I am taking, and that right there is me taking what's in my brain and putting into your brain. Now, in order to do that, more so with, well, with the spoken and written language, we need to be speaking the same language. Body language might be cultural, like things such as giving the okay is offensive in some cultures. Like for us, the middle finger is offensive, right? There's different meanings behind things, um, behind body language, but I feel to say like we can share some universal body language. Now, sign language, I don't know that. Even think about like what that is. You're just taking your hand, morphing into different positions and like timing things and like the sequence of positions in your hand relays a message. That is communicating something in my brain into your brain. When we do that, and I've talked about this before, we're like almost sharing consciousness, right? Like if we're looking at this huge structure and I'm on one side and you're on the other, you're like, I'm like, hey, this is what it is. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And like, you're adding your other thoughts. Like we're sharing consciousness for a moment via communication. Now, who knows what the future is going to bring that's going to be like, we can, what is the word? I can't even think of the word where like, we don't have to, is it? whatever. It's where like, I can just put my thought into your brain, almost like texting it. I don't have to speak. Who knows if like, if we're going to, we probably will. I feel like we're just on our way to becoming like a singular consciousness. 
which is almost like too difficult to really even comprehend. I feel like, well, how's that going to work? I walk into a room and I just share the conscious. Do I, do I get to choose who I'm like connecting with? Like I look at someone, they like request. I'm like, nope, denied, not getting into this brain. Then I look at someone else. I'm like, what's up? But it even like someone like, sup? They're like, yo, what's up with you? And like talking, that's like linear time, whatever. Like if we are just connecting brains, it's just immediate. Bizarre to think about. And that I don't even think that would be language. Like what do I <laughs> can I connect with people who speak Spanish and I'm speaking English? I'm like, sup. They're like, okay. <laughs> right? Like they're like looking at me. I don't know. But that's language. The other aspect aspect of language I stuttered is the me getting an idea from you, me getting your thoughts from your brain into my brain. That requires more skill. And like you can be more effective at that. For instance, and this is what I like talk to my design thinking students about. It's like Hey, how was your day? Good. Okay. Like, what was good about it? And then, you know, like, that's option one. Option two is like, what's the, what was the best part of your day? Like, uh, probably this. And like, then I'm learning about what you like, getting you to talk, right? Asking more creative questions. That comes, that's a skill. Your ability to get information out of people's brains because either, People don't know what you want to know. They don't feel like sharing it with you or they don't want to share it with you. Now, if they don't want to share it with you, ease up. You're not like going to just <laughs> play mind games with them, and, like get them to tell you things they don't want. But like teenagers don't desire to talk to you. That's like you have to, it's a skill to like get them to talk and other people too. Anywho. Language is a structured system of communication used by adults. You have spoken, written, or body language. And there are approximately uh, 6,500 different languages spoken on the planet. Now, there is a difference between language and dialect. So, dialect is, think of accents. So, we all, when I say, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you speak English, or <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. If we're on episode, I don't even know what this is. Like you don't even speak this language, but you maybe you find my voice to be soothing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we all speak English, but there are different accents. So, for instance, and this is dialect. Like you got the southern accent, saying like y'all. They got that draw. That was terrible, I, I think. And then even like there's different southern accents. Like you. I found this map, and if you like, really want to nerd out, it's a map of the dialects in the United States, and like, it is very, very detailed. Like, people from Arkansas, Arkansas, speak differently than people from Georgia, Virginia, Northern Virginia, even Jersey. You got the Philly accent, which is where I come from, and then you got like the North Jersey, which is closer to a New York style of talking you got like california people in the midwest different types of you have american english you have england english english and so with american english there's all these different dialects and i remember this for some reason just i'd never even thought about it before but if you've seen the movie inglorious bastards there is a scene where a dude, British dude, is trying to be, pretend to be German. He's being a spy. Um, and he's talking to some guy and another German dude. And then the German dude's like, I've, where are you from? I've never heard your accent before. And he like says some part of Germany. And then I was like, wait a second. Like, if it's true that there are a bunch of different dialects in American English, then there's definitely a bunch of different dialects in German, in all languages. Like, British, or is that, is that offensive to <laughs> all British people? English, like, you got different, 
obviously you have people who are Irish, you got people who are Scottish, Welsh, English. But even within England, I was I had a British or an English soccer coach and he said like you drive an hour and then it's a different accent. Like listen to people from London that's different from pe- people from like Liverpool. So if that is true, it has to be true or would be true, you would think, like the algorithm of all languages, right? So English is different from French. Those are different languages. Now, American English and English English are different dialects. Cool beans. There are about 6,500 different languages in the world. So... Here, and here's just to give you some perspective. I I think you could probably tell the difference if there was two sets of people talking and one was speaking German and the other speaking French. I think like at least I could I could guess like oh that's French and that's German. Like it's easy to distinguish that. Think of like Africa. There are so many different languages. Africa is huge. And because it's different, like we don't, we're just, we're, again, this is perhaps like a white American thing to do, but like it's, I can distinguish between German and French people. I have a much more difficult time to distinguish between all of the different ethnic groups in Africa. And there are so many, like, and it, in ideally the least offensive way as possible, I think, at least with like my students, let's say. They think of Africa as Africa, like a country, and it's a bunch of black people that are Africans. And it's like, no, man, are, it's so diverse. It is so diverse. Now, they have more modern languages that are using, including like French and Arabic and English. And when you think about that, you got to understand imperialism. But before that, they had all these different languages. And that's Africa. So like, just look at a map of the world. Look at a language map of the world. It'll probably, you're going to have to dig a little deep into it because it'll probably just give you like the generic. But if there's 6,500 different languages, then like the areas in Africa that speak French, they also probably have more indigenous languages that they speak. So you're going to have to like find a cool map. (laughs) When I say a cool map, I mean a map that shows you different languages. And if you don't think that's cool, then why are you even here? Okay. So this diving a little bit deeper into language. I like this quote from the linguistic society of America. And yeah, I've done some research on this because I find it to be interesting. So, quote, no other natural communication system is like human language. Human language can express thoughts on an unlimited number of topics, the weather, the war, the past, the future, mathematics, gossip, fairy tales, how to fix the sink. It can be used not just to convey information, but to solicit information, questions, and to give orders. Unlike any other animal communication system, it contains an expression for negation, what is not the case. Every human language has a vocabulary of tens of thousands of words, built up from several dozen speech sounds. Speakers can build an unlimited number of phrases and sentences out of words, plus a smallish collection of prefixes and suffixes, and the meanings of sentences are built from the meanings of the individual words. What is still more remarkable is that every typically developing child learns the whole system from hearing others use it. End quote. When I I looked at that, I was like, dang. I feel like if we have overrated, underrated, properly rated language in regards to like thinking about is underrated. We said this before. You take those people in the uneth- in our unethical experiment on our unethical room and like they create their own language but like look at if you take a baby and put them in the United States of America and let's say in the house that they're in they speak English 
that kid's gonna like babble, just make a bunch of noises, and eventually is just gonna start to figure out like, okay, if I want to get what I want, I need to start to say things that they understand. And they're like hungry. Oh, wow, you've just communicated. I now get what I want, so I'm more likely to do that, right? I found it to be fascinating when it says, every human language has a vocabulary of tens of thousands of words built up from several dozen speech sounds. We will dive into that. But first, how did language begin? It seems like experts don't necessarily agree, and there's two different uh, ideas of how language really started to originate. So what can be agreed upon is that if we're going with the whole evolution theory, we were not always able to communicate as like the way that we are now, and like that makes sense. Uh, you needed something to happen. And so there's two theories. Either one is it was a gradual evolution for essentially the shape of hominid vocal tracks had to like evolve to a point where we could make a range of speech sounds. So that was evolution, took a long time, it slowly developed. Or... There was a single mutation and we were for a long time able to make the sounds, but we were never able to express meanings through a combination of sounds and like do what language is in the sense of make all these noises and then have a bunch of meaning behind it and then not only have meaning behind a word we'll say but a like structure of words that requires a certain level of complexity and development in the brain and so again two theories slow or one mutation like a lucky mutation i don't (laughs) dude i don't know i (laughs) i'm not even expert in linguistics i don't know that i just read that and was like well that's interesting I can't even begin to even try to give an opinion. Like, here's what I think it was. What? Because I read a few sources and like now I'm an expert. That's like the, and I always forget the name of the bias, but essentially if you understand something simply, you view it as simple. So I could like read a source. I'm like, I think it's this one. It's like, no, you need to really recognize that you, it is incredibly complex. And if experts who dedicate their lives to learning about this don't agree I probably should just not give an opinion. I should just be saying, that's interesting. Now, what needs to happen for language to develop? You need to think about before a language exists, what is happening? It's really, you're probably making a bunch bunch of what I'm... I've read as unstructured calls. So like view early, early, early humans or hominids and they're going like, oh, does that have meaning? Perhaps it could just be like, yo, pay attention. And like you make what they're saying, unstructured calls. Eventually, you need to, like, the first step is to, what they're saying, digitize signals into sequences of discrete speech sounds, consonants or vowels. So have discrete, a sequence of discrete speech sounds. So dog. If I go like, oh, that, if I'm going to keep doing that, it can only mean one thing. Or should only mean like generally one thing, right? You know, do you know what I mean by that? When I say like, oh, has to mean, it could mean like I'm hungry. That specific sound has a meaning. It can't be, I can't just like in whatever situation, like today it means I'm hungry and then tomorrow it means 
hello. Because then, like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, imagine early, early humans, like, bro, I don't know what you're saying, man. Like, I have to be consistent. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I can't just, like, today, this means this. Because no one else knows that because we're not sharing consciousness. So, you take sounds, they become words, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into, like, the technical terms for it and, like, apply it to the world and then have a conversation. You string together words to create a message that has meaning. It could be something very similar as like, and the example that I found like from my readings is me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane, right? Me has a meaning. So when I say me, Tarzan, it's like me, Sean, you, whatever. <laughs> Just like the cool kid at school. Like, what's up? Me, Stevenson, you don't care. Um, that is sounds in a distinct sequence that each sound or word has meaning. And so when you put the words together, it creates larger meaning. Like me on its own means something. When I go me, Stevenson, that means I'm Stevenson, right? So you take two words that have their own meaning or purpose, when you put them together, it creates like one. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You put it together, it's a peanut butter jelly sandwich. There's ingredients to make one, like the bowl of ramen, yeah? It is a bowl of ramen made of a bunch of different ingredients. <laughs> Same thing for language. This is me completely oversimplifying it. And if there's like some nerd expert listening to this, like, oh my gosh, it's not, like, relax. <laughs> so no offense but like i'm just trying to communicate efficiently um then you can start to develop a richer structure this is where the nerds come in of grammar like proper grammar so let's think about this and like dive a little bit deeper into that it starts with okay we make a bunch of noises but if we're all going to be on the same page we have to like a noise has to mean something so when i say something like i don't know the dog went to the park you're like okay yep or something like the deer is over there. Think about it. if we, if you go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we need food, water, shelter. We're much more likely to get food if we're, if I can like say to you, the deer is over there. Rather than like me point, like I guess I could point like do antlers. But if I say like the deer is over there and you're like, how far? Right? Like that is increasing the likelihood. It's far more efficient than like me doing antlers and pointing over there. Then you're going like, like what I'm doing. You can't see me. I'm doing like hands close together and like getting further apart with like my eyebrows raised. So like I'm conveying the message like distance. And then what am I going to do? I'm like three, <laughs> like three, what? That's my language. It's we need to be on the same page. So you got phonemes. You these are like there's five structures of language, and I really only focused on three: phoneme, morpheme, and syntax. So phoneme is the smallest smallest unit of sound, and that a smallest unit of sound that may cause a change of the meaning within language, but doesn't have any meaning itself. Like, and the example that they give is the difference between bake and break. The phoneme is the R right there. Break and bake. To bake and to break is, there's two different meanings to that. And think about, this is where 
what I mean when I say like language underrated. Pick the word break and start to pay attention with what your mouth is doing. Break. Go ahead. Start to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna start to say break and I'm gonna narrate what I what's going on in my mouth. Break. Burr. Burr burr burr. What is it? Like so phoneme, think of all the different potential noises you can make with your mouth. Brr. Mm, mm. like the difference between an M and an N. Mm, my lips are together. Mm, my tongue is on the top of, is on the roof of my mouth. All these noises, man. Think, what is happening? It's a different specific combination of your tongue, your jaw, your lips. I think that's it. So like if I go... Or how about this one? Ooh, ooh, or o, ooh, or o, ah, e, ah, e, ah, e. <laughs> like, like so if you do ah and then do e, e. What's your jaw? E is my jaw forward or back? I think it's back. E ah ah. My jaw is more forward when I go ah. That's like I think one of the. If you pay attention between American English and English English, their awes, their jaw is further. I th- I think this is just a thought that it's their jaws stay further back. So we go like R, R. They go like ah. When you do that, your jaw is like closer into your face. <laughs> I think that's the right way of saying it. But think about all the different sounds we can make so when you make when you make the word break break what is what are you even doing there like and that's what's crazy try to explain it the the k sound right break you do that without thinking at all, but you're making a, just a bunch of noises in a structured sequence. So when you say you need to hit the brake or don't break that, I'm like, okay. Or the deer is over there. You're like, okay. How far? Ha, how Far. <laughs> you're just being a, it's like you're being a condescending jerk how far <laughs> like no you're like no man I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with my mouth these are things you're going to have to do probably like in the car or it could be a fun this could be a fun dinner conversation hanging out with your friends let's break down all the different noises that we make now there are noises that we do not use in our language in the english language i was looking up so i youtubed um zulu clicks so in south africa there are multiple ethnic groups that use different clicking sounds um, and they're like, so this guy, it's stray along the way. And he's talking about the Nguni people and the San people have a range of click sounds like, or like that. Like we don't do that. We can make a, an American can make that sound, but that's not a part of our, that's, an, that's not a, like a, a phony. They do, and there is meaning, obvious on its own. The or the these are noises we don't make. For them, on its own doesn't really mean anything. It's me going like, like if I walk up to you, I'm just like, you're like, okay, <laughs> and. But when you put it in a structure of sounds, it makes a word which has meaning, and therefore that's communication and language. There are 
And I would recommend, like, if you want to do it, just do. I YouTubed weird phonemes, and like again, weird is says who weird, you know, like weird for who, but it's just like rare sounds that people and cultures make around the world. Even like the h sound. It's different than the ha, the h. Lot of and there's a it's weird phonemes pronouncing the weird the world's rarest sounds, native lang, does a good job. He like shows you what's going on in the mouth. It was actually pretty interesting. So phonemes are the smallest sounds that can change words. Like the, it's the smallest unit. The difference between bake and break. You then have a morpheme, which is a series of phonemes that has a special meaning. And if the morpheme is altered, then it has a different meaning. So for the example that they give is cat and cats. If you if you change cat to cats, it has a different meaning. It's that's multiple cats. When I say cat, cat, and then cats. Like, well, how many then? When I say cat, like it's a cute cat. <laughs> right? Like this is the complexity of language that we don't think about just because we do it every day. But I go cat versus cats. I'm like, oh, cats, multiple, yes. But I just I just went at the end. That's so minor. Like, this is... And this might just me where I say it's underrated. You might be like, bro, who cares? But like that is... It's... When you do think about it, you're like, dude, this is crazy. Like, especially when there are millions of people who are just on the same wavelength of making these sounds and like having the same meaning behind it. It's bonkers. It's necessary, but it's bonkers. The final is, so you got phoneme, which is essentially sounds. Morpheme, which is essentially words. And if you alter it, it has a different meaning. It's like cat and cats. And then syntax. And that's a set of rules for constructing full sentences. He threw the ball. He threw the ball. Now, that structure makes sense to us who speak English and other languages as well. And it's subject, verb, object. He threw the ball. It's not... Well, let's, how about Jake hit Dave? You got to be very specific with that, right? If someone's like, if let's say a teacher, it's like, what happened? And you say, Jake hit Dave. You need, you need to be very specific about what you're saying. So you're not saying that Dave hit Jake, Jake hit Dave. So the structure is important and we need to be on the same page. That's why like to have structure in the sentence is necessary. Not everyone goes with the SVO is what I'm seeing. The subject, verb, object. In languages such as Korean, Turkish, um, Punjabi, and Tamil, which I'm sorry, I don't know where those are. <laughs> I feel like I've, 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 should I? I don't know. They are SOV, so subject, object, verb. So he the ball through. That's how we would say it in English, but like, obviously in their language but that's the structure of their sentence subject object then the verb he the ball threw he the ball threw if i were to say that to you you'd be like what he threw the ball he the ball threw <laughs> that again like I think this is fun to think about. It's just a bunch of... So, he threw the ball. He threw the ball. If you want to break it down to all the different sounds, but then those those words, you can like... If you change the order, it doesn't make sense or as much sense. Like, to say, he the ball threw, you're like, okay, well, you don't sound smart, but yeah, okay. 
Now, like, look at a paragraph or a, take a complex sentence, and if you just scramble all the words, even like Yoda, right? Yoda just changes some things up. He does. However he does it. And then you're like, at first, like, mmm. Then eventually you get it. You're like, oh, nice. And then it's almost like a challenge to like say something like Yoda would. It's quirky when Yoda does it. It's probably, it's not that cool if you were to like, <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you do. Like you're, you just start to talk like Yoda. And I was like, all right, man, we get it. You like Star Wars, but like, you don't got to go that far with it. Um, there's also... Arabic does this. Verb, subject, object. Threw he the ball. So you start with the verb, start with the subject, and then the object. Threw he the ball. Obviously, they're speaking in Arabic. So they're not, it's not the Arabic people say, threw he the ball. <laughs> if they're speaking English, they'll say he threw the ball. But when you're speaking Arabic, the structure is different. So if you were to start to speak Arabic, you have to be aware of the structure of the sentence. You can't speak Arabic and use Arabic, well, let's use the terms here, morpheme or vocab and do it in English structure. Because then they'll be like, what? Just like someone saying, threw he the ball. You're like, what? No, it's he threw the ball. Is there a proper way to do it? I don't know. We're just totally used to he threw the ball. For me, that makes the most sense. But they just, like, I guess Arabic is you're just, someone says, essentially, threw he the ball. You just learn to okay the action then he did it that's what he did rather than he did okay this action right it's how you process it you have um in language a writing system which i'm not gonna dive super deep into because i want to talk about something for the last 10 minutes but the writing system essentially evolved from picture signs and or pictography so think of like cavemen or even like hieroglyphics, like a caveman would like just draw something like a scene and it like there was a story behind it. And that's like, that was how they communicated. There's oral language or written language. And it took a long time for humans to figure out how to write down the language. If you were, what evolved from that or pictography and think of like the Egyptians and hieroglyphics hieroglyphics i think that's right i'm moving on you got character script so think of like in chinese and mandarin like they have those characters that represent something and then you have the alphabet which is a bunch of different letters the letter represents a sound so i see the letter p and i go p p e t p p e t pet now, let's imagine, recall the unethical room situation. How would we create a new language? And there's two options. We either, you and I share a pre-existing language. So it's like the classic, like, yo, man, you bored? Yeah, you. Yeah, let's make our own language. Like, nice. How do you start? Uh, <laughs> and then like written and then, so oral and then written. You think like, all right, um, well, I guess you would probably start with the oral because written language seemed, it came after. So you would just look at something and you'd be like, okay, what's the noise we make for door? How about, nice, okay. How about this thing? Like, um, oh, okay, this. <laughs> I don't know. And you just, we have to agree upon it. And then you got to start to figure out structure. So like, I'm, let's say like, okay, you walk through the door and then you got like this. And then the structure too. And that is 
subject, verb, object to. You walk through the door. Are we going to have that structure? So it always starts like the first sound I make is a ow, is you, ow. Walk through could be, I don't know, mer. And then, ow, mer. Ow, mer. You just say it fast and like, okay, ow, mer. Means you walk through the door. Then, like, everything else around you needs to start to have its own, like the nouns, the verbs. Dude, that's where you start to lose me and like the grammar parts like all right pronouns okay like ah, like too much man that's where i'm like all right whatever but it's fun to think about like how that starts who decides it i don't know but then then if we're going to do the oral language Sure, that's what we did, the Haramref. Then the written language. Okay, I'm going to take my pencil and I'm gonna do, I don't know. Two parallel or two diagonal squiggles. That makes a y sound. So the Haramref, we gotta think like, okay. And that's also like, I don't know what the deal is with American English with like, Doe and tough. Like, come on now. Why? Like, <laughs> why would we do that? Who did it? Who done it? And like, you couldn't think of a different like doe and tough. They're spelled D O U G H and T O U G H, and one's doe and one's tough. Why? Why? Well, this one's dough, this one's tough. Like, why isn't tough T-U-F-F? If I was making my own language, I would make it a lot more simple. But what if we did not share a language and we had to make a language? It would... I... I guess you don't need to, but I would think we're probably going to need hands and eyes because <laughs> it's going to be a lot of like me pointing to door to the door and going All right, like, and then you go, you point to the door and go like, and I like, I tap the door. I'm like, okay, just making sure like it's not that I'm pointing to the knob because knob and door are different. Not the knob, the door is <laughs> But when I say not the knob, but the door is <laughs> you have no clue what I'm saying. So like tap that, like, <laughs> okay, nice. Next, <laughs> and like just bam, bam, bam. And then it would be like, I'm gonna, I would have to walk up to the door, open the door, go through the door. And then we'd have to sit down and say like, I walked through the door, <laughs> but in our own language and then we have to distinguish the difference between i because if and bear with me here if i'm saying that like i walked through the door and then you said i walked through the door that's not true though you would say you walked through the door so like <laughs> it's so complex man that's so complex it's overwhelming and thank god I did not have to worry about making a language. Thank God I was just born and was just like, yo, I'm hungry. I just figured out, like, just say this then. Like, thank you. Ugh. <laughs> Dude, that would be like, if we would have to figure out like the, okay, I walk through the door. We'd have to figure out the structure. And then I... I means me to me and I means you to you, but they don't mean the same thing for us. Well, technically they do, but they don't. And just like the potential confusion for not being on the same page is very high. 
from just thinking of learning and like for instance i am trying to teach myself spanish just for fun my approach is i'm picking a place in the house and learning the vocab of that like uh, it's the kitchen and so when i'm in the kitchen i whatever i'm doing i'm like okay how would i say this in spanish so like bebo agua is i drink water or or bebo agua y hacer café i drink water and make in la mañana bebo agua y hacer café in the morning i drink water and make coffee like okay i have to figure out the words the sounds you know like yeah like como te llamas the llamas right that's like and I also have to figure out the structure because the structure in Spanish is a little different. Like I don't have to say, uh, I don't have to say yo bebo agua. I just say bebo agua. Like bebo is a combination. But then, like I think, if I went, oh, what was it? Like le bebo, isn't that like I drink it? The structure changes, but that's my approach to like learning this new language, which it's Spanish isn't hard one because I grew up pretending to learn Spanish and just like trying to cruise through, but it's relatively similar, like similar when you get to a language, like what was going on for the Nguni people, like geez, or Arabic, even Arabic, they their structure is different and they write their language from right to left. So, you know, we start from the left side of the page and go to the right. Theirs is the opposite. The potential for differences in language is vast. Because if you think it's just what are all the sounds we can make? Which ones are we going to stick with? And then picking what they mean and then the structure of the sentence. So thinking about like in, in connection to last week's conversation with Chef Rizzuto talking about like how we can learn in cooking, you know, like what we were saying, like pick a spot on the map and just learn about their food. And like you'll learn more about their culture, right? And like, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to make Thai food for a week learn more about like their flavorings and like start to flavor rings i don't know flavors and then start to like describe it like this is characteristic of food from thailand that increases your understanding um language whatever language it is my thing that i'm going to try i feel like it would work. And then like if we're talking about learning, if you set a learning objective, so what is the objective? I will be able to describe my morning routine in Spanish with, and then just like, how am I successful with only one error? So someone who's speaking Spanish will listen to me like, well, you didn't really conjugate that correctly. Like once, and if I can like give my morning routine with one error, I will say like, okay, that's a success. I can move on to the next thing. So think if you want to learn a language, perhaps that's the best way. The goal for me, and then we're done here, is I want to be able to listen to Spanish news, like a slowed down version. And they have podcasts of that where they just give the news slowed down. So like 0.75 speed or 0.5 speed. I could listen to that and like follow along. I'm going to start with the kitchen. Once I can figure out how to say things like, uh, I don't like to wash the dishes, but I need to do it. Or my wife just made whatever, you know, like all that stuff. I'll move into the living room. I feel like once I get one room down, like once I do kitchen, 
in order to do that, I'm going to have to learn the sentence structure and things and like past tense, whatever else. Then the other rooms are going to be easy. But I'm just going to stick with the kitchen. Every time I'm in the kitchen, I'll be thinking like, okay, what? I'm narrating this right now. So like, let's just pretend cameras are around me. What would I say? What do I need to say in Spanish? And just if I can be consistent with that. That's my goal in learning language. And that is the end of this episode, folks. I hope you found this conversation interesting. I did. I know I was the one having the conversation. But really, like, language is underrated. There's so much to think about. It's crazy. Like, start with the phonemes and the sounds. And think about, just pick words and then think about what's going on in my mouth. That's a weird question. What's happening in my mouth? Pick a word. Watermelon. Watermelon. Weird. Well, that is that. I hope you understood everything I said and we were communicating and me saying things made you think. I put things in my brain into your brain. Your homework for this week is to think about what your mouth is doing when you're talking. But do it like on your own. Don't be in the middle of talking and then just be like, what is going on with my mouth? Because probably won't be communicating effectively. Later. Mystery.